0: You know, for a long time, I meant to try Pete's Coffee, but just never gave it a chance. But ever since I did, I have a hard time settling on anything less.
1: And there's something to say about a coffee company with such rich history and devotion to bring you that perfect brew.
0: Since Alfred Pete opened his first coffee bar in 1966, Pete's has selectively sourced the finest beans in the world, carefully calibrating each roast by hand and crafting each beverage with the utmost care.
1: Pete's aims to produce fresh-from-the-roaster's coffee delivered directly to your door, sourcing the top 1% of coffee beans— roasted by hand to unlock each bean's potential, and delivering it to you fresh to bring you the perfect cup.
0: With over 30 flavor varieties in both gourmet coffees and teas, like Vietnam Lotus Bold, Major Dickinson's Blend, and Arabian Mocha Java, you are sure to find the right flavor to start your day. And they even come in K-Cups for those of you who live life on the go.
1: Check out all the varieties of Pete's has to offer by following the link in the show notes
0: below. And starting August 30th, you can take advantage of their Labor Day sale and get yourself 20% off anything on their site by using promo code LABORDAY20 at checkout. This offer is valid through September 5th. That's promo code Labor Day 20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase this Labor Day.
1: But why not do one better? Use promo code NEWSUB30 at checkout and you get yourself 30% off of a new subscription to Pete's Coffee. That's right. All the delicious coffee you could want, delivered right to your door each and every month, without you ever having to worry about running low. What more could you ever need? That's promo code NEWSUB30.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. what the words, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your great robbing friends I the matter out of the city now. The nightmare of insane murder from the depths of hell. Oh. From the of death. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Sean Tatro, and today with my girlfriend and co-host, Leah Diana, we will be winding back the reel to 1989. Nightmares bring a college student to the brink of his sanity, plaguing him and his fellow students in the psychological, supernatural horror film, Beyond Dream's Door. Let's get into it.
1: Professor Dobbs. Can you read this?
0: What is it? Just a dream. Benjamin Dobbs has opened a door into his mind. Has anything even remotely like your dream ever happened to you in real life? No. Absolutely nothing. The dream. Is it always the same? We're like a chain hooking on to each other. I don't want to know where it's going to end and unleashed a horror
1: for all those who know what he dreams.
0: I can't feel anything! Beyond Dream's Door. We have things to do before we go to sleep. So I'd like to dive into this by talking a little bit about that. There's a there's a type of film that we filmmakers often try to avoid at all costs. It, it's one that nobody likes, whether you're a filmmaker or not. It, it, it's a it's a very it's a very prominent thing that ends up coming out of college students, which is the college art film. They're often these. High concept, overly analytical, pretentious movies. While I wouldn't call what we just watched entirely one a college art film, it's pretty fucking close. (laughs) It is worth noting that this movie began as a short film that the director was making when he was in Ohio State University. So... It is technically a college art film that he then turned into a feature, but I I wouldn't call it as pretentious as I thought it was going to be when it first started.
1: (laughs) I'm at a loss for words on how much I hated this film. We live in a state where one of the best art schools in the country is. Y'all have heard of RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. It is a prestigious, expensive art college to get into. And I've seen, we've both seen, what RISD can put out. Granted, this is 1989. I got a, you know, sign of the times. Let's scale it back. This is as old as Sean is. I fucking hated this. So
0: what what did you hate about it?
1: I see What? what he was doing. I see where he was going. I see it. It's a college art film. I read one review that I read where it got rave reviews. People love this film. They love it because it has such deep meaning. Why did it have to have such, like, intricate? No, intricate isn't the word. Why did it have to have such in-depth, deep meaning to the point of, huh? That was me, whole movie. My face was like, what? I had no idea what I was following. I had no idea what the story was supposed to be. Anytime they asked a question, a direct question to the character, it was a runaround answer that never even
0: Solidified. Well, this is the thing. This is why people don't like these types of like movies because mm. generally college students they they come out of school or even during school they they develop this type this higher brow type of thinking where they feel like they everything has to be meaningful and deep and they they want to pour all of these like interesting philosophical ideas that they're learning about into things that they're making. And I'm speaking strictly of Like, college-level filmmakers. Because it happens... Not
1: graduated college
0: filmmakers. No, Mm.
1: college-level still learning the trade.
0: It happens a lot, where these, these types of filmmakers will... They'll just try and make these movies that are just overly... That they want them to be overly interesting. So that they feel like they're making something impactful. While I think this movie is trying to do that... I also think that it's not as complex as it feels like it is.
1: For someone like me who... I watch a movie to be entertained. I'm not watching a movie to learn a lesson or be told some deep secret meaning of, like, Socrates or, like, psychology. Like, I wanted this movie from... The posters and the title. I was hoping for "Into the Mouth of Madness" with Sam Neill, or you know something a little bit better than. Honestly, I'm looking at it right now. The Haunting with you know Liam Neeson as a psych professor who's like, I want to analyze people's dreams. I'm sorry, I'd rather watch The Haunting five times over than this because I, where I I I half understand what he was getting at. I half understand the Lovecraftian psychological cognitive horror he was going for. The visuals were fine. The visuals were great. You had a little bit of TNA to kind of entice the them to kind of pull them in, but not fucking necessary at all.
0: No, I do not, not think
1: the nudity was necessary in this film. I believe they put it in there to be like, oh, there's a little raunchiness.
0: Like, I don't even think it was that. Really, I think it was more that
1: it was a seduction type. Like dreams can be seductive. Yeah, and it was horror that- can be like like Hellraiser. In that in that review I read, it was as like. Um, like seductive as Hellraiser. On what fucking grounds? It,
0: it was they're trying to use the nudity in a sense of like that perverse nature of dreams kind of thing.
1: Okay, and then there it's a it's a college professor and his two TAs, which they're not college students. They're gra- they're in a graduate program, so they're not even yeah. on the same level as this kid. And. I see where they were trying to go, but there wasn't enough information. Like, at least in a haunting, Liam Neeson put forth, okay, this was the paper that I based this off of. This is what I'm doing. There was explanation. Nowhere in this entire thing was there explanation onto what was happening. We knew that the main character, Ben, was having problems with not remembering dreams and all of a sudden remembering them. We know that something came out of his dreams and anybody who... Who he involved with them was involved with it. That's it. I don't right. understand anything else beyond that
0: point. So, you're not far off, but, I mean, we're gonna, I'm gonna do my best to try and break down There's no breakdowns it, online
1: anywhere, no. and this was impossible to step-by-step follow, because I looked at you at one point, I'm like, we were maybe 20 minutes in the movie. I'm like, I have no fucking clue what's well, happening. It's
0: because the the style that this film is made in is a very surrealistic mm. style of storytelling, which makes sense for a movie about dreams. Yes, because dreams are very hard to interpret most of the time. I, I'll get into this a little bit later on like what what I think they were trying to do, but I guess we should get into the basic information about yeah. this movie. So today we watched Beyond Dreams' Door. It was uh, made, it came out in 1989. As we said, we don't have a ton of information on this movie because there's not a lot out there of this. It was a Ohio analysis. State
1: University collab with these kids. Literally, yeah. that's what
0: it says. Um, it's, it was written, directed, and the music was composed by Jay Wolfel. So. Like we said, this this was a college project that he began and then evolved into a feature film. Uh this came out in the US. It was a made on sixteen millimeter. Uh it's a very yeah, the whole movie was in four three aspect ratio. There's and it no was,
1: it looked like it was filmed all at the college and then a couple of the kids like
0: maybe apartments. Yeah, wherever they were living at the yeah. time kind of thing. That's about it. I don't have a ton of information on how this movie was made, or there is information out there within people's analysis of it. There's no, like, basic structure anywhere. It doesn't have a Wikipedia page. It has nothing to go off of.
1: And you know, if it doesn't have a Wikipedia page, I'm lost. (laughs) Because I reference the Wikipedia page because I have... Okay, I have a really shit memory. Even if I watched something 10 minutes ago, I have to be like, what what did we just... What was that? And I always have to have it up. I got nothing this time. I got nothing.
0: Yeah. Uh, This movie's often compared to things like Nightmare on Elm Street and The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I've never seen that one. Honestly,
1: like... The only other movie that I can think of about dreams that I wish, and it's a really, really big stretch because one's a student film and one's a Hollywood blockbuster, is What Dreams May Come. Even that movie is very confusing for from the dream aspect, but that's all about the repercussions of death and how you accept it. But it still has a dream component where things are very confusing. But it does its best to kind of explain, like through context clues, how. There was really no context clues other than you sitting there going, okay, so X and Y, but by the time you're like, okay, maybe that's Z, there's another thing that pops in and you're like, well, how did that well, come about?
0: It just kind of goes to show you how how interpretive dreams could can be because mm. you look at something like this where it's very, it's meant to be, it's meant for you to watch it and pull what you want out of it kind of a thing while something like Inception mm. w- literally breaks down what how dreams work so that you can follow the layers of the film?
1: Well, that movie's meant to have an explanation because you know, as every <laughs> inception's been out for a long time, so because by the end of that film, you're supposed to be questioning what the fuck's happening next. Yes, the whole explanation is the point for that 10 seconds at the end. Right. And that's it. That's that was the most mind blowing part of that. And while I don't hate this in a sense of it's not a good story, it's a decent story. I just hate the fact that you, being someone who is very into films, and you're like, oh, I can kind of follow this. I can understand. I, as a normal film goer who just sits there to watch to be entertained, is sitting here going, "The fuck did I just watch?"
0: But this—that's the thing uh, with a lot of these higher brow like college type of movies they are aiming to make a movie that's for a more intellectual audience which is not usually the case like most most of the time an intellectual audience isn't going to be the ones watching this stuff yeah which is why people end up hating these fucking movies so much
1: and i know that it's not fair to hate it (laughs) Because I'm not, not that I'm not intellectual, but I'm not as into, like, the interpretation of films. I'm very into the interpretation of dreams. I have, unfortunately, you do not have vivid dreams and you do not remember them. But you also told me when you were a kid, you had terrible nightmares. Terrible. So you as an adult could be like, yeah, I don't, your subconscious doesn't remember your dreams because... They're terrifying, you know, and maybe your dreams are like this. Mine, I remember my dreams in vivid detail and I've started writing them down, which I've realized that I have a lot of mental issues and I need to work on them. <laughs> but, like, yes, my dreams are as kind of spacey as this, where you don't get a lot of information and you have to fill in the blanks. But when you're watching a movie, you don't want The blanks to be filled in the whole movie. Like certain films you want to, at the end, if it's a cold end, you want to be able to insert your own ending or your own way of it going. This, there were like at least 10 or 15 times where I'm like, am I supposed to like put my own opinion in this? Because I don't necessarily want to do that for the whole film. I'm okay with like a couple of points, but... Like, there was half the movie where I'm like, all right, am I just supposed to assume this here? Or, you know, there's one part with involving the storage room, warehouse thing, where I'm like, what the fuck is this, list And I know it's all dream stuff, but I just... I This is the first time in the podcast where I'm looking at you going, I need you to help me interpret this, because I don't understand what I just watched at all. Well... And our audience needs help, too, because...
0: Like I said, this is a very... It's a surrealistic movie. And with surrealism, things often don't make sense. Mm. And that's kind of the point. Like, you're, you're supposed to... Things are supposed to make make you feel uneasy uncomfortable yeah uncomfortable and like things that should be off-putting and kind of not give you answers to some the some of the reasoning as to why things are the way they are playing out i do want to talk more about like what i think this movie was trying to do and like my thoughts on it and then I'll do my best to break it down at least a little bit. Mm. But before we do that, let's go through the back of the box.
1: It's the back of the box. It's a great big back of the box.
0: It's worth noting, we uh, we watched this movie on Shudder because they have the vinegar syndrome transfer...
1: The transfer was gorgeous yes the transfer was very clear. it almost looked like seven uh, 720 or uh, or 1080p. It was really clear for a 1980s 60 millimeter movie. I will yeah. say that it was
0: beautiful. The movie looked great uh, kudos to vinegar syndrome as no always. no
1: defects no scratches <laughs> no nothing
0: uh, there were some.
1: I didn't notice them because I was so confused.
0: <laughs> yeah there were de- <laughs> there were definitely some at certain moments. But most of the movie looked pretty clean, other than grain. Yeah. But that's you get grain that's with 16 normal. millimeter. Yeah. Uh, however, I do have a VHS copy of the movie. You
1: do, which I'm very like surprised
0: about. Uh, this VHS comes from Vid America Inc., uh, which was a New York distribution company, I guess. And it's not the greatest looking tape. I mean, like the cover art for this one isn't all that fantastic.
1: I love the cover art. Because it's it's Julie when she's like that almost thriller-esque mummified. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting, but seeing that, I think that's one of the best shots of the film, seeing that where she's like <clears throat> it's the dream like Julie, but it's also half her trying to kind of protect Eric.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And I kind of see where that was coming from, where it was like the remnants of her were still trying to be like, hey snap out of it, solve this Like like you-don't-want-to-end-up-like-I-am kind of thing.
0: I do like that this cover doesn't give you anything. Nothing! No information on what you're about to see. And on the back, there's literally one image. One tiny little image. One little
1: itty-bitty image, yep.
0: Uh, But the the back of the box starts off with a bunch of of quotes. A highly acclaimed must-see winner attributed to no one. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) H.P. Lovecraft-inspired, ambitious, thoughtful, well-produced, surreal dream demon flick. stirring original music and just enough of the Red. This one comes from Deep Red Magazine. well-crafted, thought-provoking, and chilling journey. It is a nightmare worth remembering. Horror fan magazine, Beyond Dreams Door creates an ominous dreamscape that is sinister and startling. Slaughterhouse Magazine, all of which I don't think exist anymore. No,
1: none of those exist. I've never heard of any of them.
0: Beyond Dreams Door, it's where dreams become reality and your worst nightmares come true suspense, action, adventure, and a terrifically exciting story combined to make this tale of terror an unforgettable experience. Ben Dobbs, an all-American college student, has been repressing his strange and terrifying dreams since childhood. Suddenly, he loses control. His dreams turn into living nightmares, where he must fight a seductive but deadly dream girl in a house inhabited by the living dead. In a tense battle of wits, strength, and determination, Ben must make the toughest and perhaps last decision of his life.
1: He's laughing because none of this makes sense to what we've just
0: watched. Mainly the the sentence about the... Fighting the dr- seductive dream girl in the house of inhabited by the living dead. I'm
1: sorry, the seductive dream girl was just like, "Hi, here are my tits." Ooh, that was it. it.
0: It's it's a very it's that one line is very misleading. It's, it's v-
1: very misleading. It's
0: not what you get. House in this of movie. the Dead.
1: No. Okay. I it, ugh, no no no. That description is wildly misleading. Not inaccurate. None of it is untrue. It's just, it's just, misleading. just very misleading. It yeah. makes
0: you think that you're going to get, like, almost like a, a dreamy zombie movie.
1: It's It would be like Resident Evil with, like, the... Doo-doodle, 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 that yeah. fog. That's what I think. But no. No. Mm-mm.
0: So I guess the best place to start is the practical effects throughout the movie.
1: I will say they were great. Practical effects were amazing.
0: They were yeah. visceral. They were... Highly memorable.
1: They were tacky. They were eighties.
0: They
1: were like you could see right through the practical effects but i don't I, care i also
0: thought they looked really good for a budget level for a student of a film how
1: honestly how much do you think this would have cost them
0: oh it, the budget had to be minimal. i would say
1: less than like $50,000 less because they were using what looked like their own vehicles their own clothes their own homes the college they probably just needed a lot of the money for equipment for being able to use the place at night Because if you noticed It was either used early in the morning or late at night Yeah And there was only a couple of scenes Where there were other college students But that was pretty much it
0: I loved uh, I, I love the dream demon Like he's just this janky ass puppet
1: He looks like something That Jim Henson used once Threw away and these guys went Oh cool a monster that's what so honestly cool. it looked like. Its face looked like if you stripped away one of those like Muppet crocodiles. That's what it looked well, like.
0: And honestly, it it kind of looked like they they were. It kind of felt like they were trying to go for this this look of like an animal that they just like ripped the skin off of.
1: Yeah, because they mentioned something like it looked more, it, it looked a little bit like a bear or like a, a giant wombat or like some sort of like, like that type of creature. But
0: it had these long arms spindly
1: with- arms with like only three fingies on them and like claws and it was dripping and huge. But then you saw the scenes where the head was there like it was like boom, boom, and then you saw the head and you're like, oh, I can see all of this, the hot glue. Get a
0: hand puppet.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm going to come eat you. Nom, nom, nom. I was like, oh, he's so cute. Am I supposed to be scared of him? <laughs>
0: Uh, I just thought it was a cool, and they did a decent job never, like, showing you the full no, thing. No, honestly,
1: I appreciate that, because I hate it when, and they do it a lot now, where trailers will not show the monsters. Nothing. They'll show you nothing. They'll give you, like, this second glimpse. And now, because people are terrified of all this shit, they'll put the thumbnails and the monsters right there, and it's like, come the fuck on. Yeah, Some of us don't want to see this. You know, the, uh, what's the newest, what's the one that we were pissed at that they put the monster in? Uh,
0: the Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. The new Stephen King so adaptation. I'm so excited
1: for the Boogeyman, but when we looked at the trailer, nothing was apparent. It was just like a kid on a bed. Like, it looked terrifying.
0: I never see it in the trailer.
1: The next day, it was the monster on the thing. I was like, come on, guys. Yeah, because
0: somebody fucking, they did a trailer reaction, and then they freeze-framed the trailer at the one like millisecond flash that yeah. you see it. And they were like, that's our thumbnail. Why? Fuck you. Why would you spoil like, like, You're such an asshole. The best things. Whoever you are that made that video, I fucking hate you. I hate I you, you so much. I hope you stub
1: your toe and you get an infection. That's what I hope. <laughs> I, it's like Alien. You don't see that fucking thing until the last, like, ten minutes when Ripley's trapped with it. Yeah, not in full, And no. it's fucking gorgeous because they knew that it looked like an actual fucking human in that suit. You could see all of the muscle structure of a real human in that suit. Right. And to be able to hide it gives it more mystery. The fact that cosmic horror is supposed to be questioning the entire time, that's why you can get away with a monster that looks janky like this because you're like, wait a minute it's supposed to be a dream you're never going to remember it exactly how it was shown in your mind when you're half asleep. So that's why I was like, oh, I love this this guy. The effects where he's like gnawing on people, where he's killing people, those effects while tacky and gaudy were great because you're thinking these are students. These are young people and none of that looked bad. It looked great. I praise them for the work that they did in 1989 for that. On a budget of, you know, probably... Cornstarch and red dye, a little bit of red paint thinned down, and maybe some red glue like yeah. that. Like it looked good.
0: Honestly, like that. That same thought process for me at least goes throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like, especially knowing that the director did wrote all this himself. He he directed it. He did the score himself. Like this to sell the dream. Like idea of like the dreamscape. And everything he is continuously employing these like this strange blend of like ethereal sound and this like dreamy score for the entire movie Mm. so that you almost never really know what's dream and what's reality. Yeah. And that kind of brings me into some of my thoughts on this thing is like it's very, it was very clear to me that the the approach was to make it that dreams are bleeding into reality yeah. so that you never know what you're seeing like is this real is it not when you use the concept of dreams in a movie you kind of give yourself this automatic out of every everything no matter you can do anything you want because it's a dream it yeah. doesn't matter you can hard cut from the most odd imagery into the mundane because it's a dream why not yeah like in dreams things can happen that way it it kind of gives you a pass on the sense that this movie feels so convoluted Mm. Mm -hmm. so you can kind of be like well it is a dream ultimately
1: but at the same time if you're gonna have a normal audience like like myself watch this I'm, I'm not saying that normal audiences are stupid. I'm just saying you gotta you gotta give us a little bit more.
0: I don't disagree with you. Like, I, I do think that this should have been dumbed down a little. Mm. Because it's so interpretive.
1: It's, it's a lot. It's a lot for me to handle as somebody who enjoys dream interpretation. And as somebody who sits there and knows. Alright, well, you're dreaming about... Um, You're dreaming about uh, reuniting with uh, lost loved ones, or you're dreaming about finding something you lost. Well, that's because you're missing something. You're missing someone. You're missing something. You're reminiscing in your mind. Dreams are extremely easy to piece together if you really think about it. But you really have to sit there and think what you're dreaming and what you're missing in your life.
0: Correct. Which actually is why I feel that this movie isn't as convoluted as it feels like it is. So I'm going to try and break it down really like simply here and then we'll get into greater detail Mm. in a second. But So like the concept is actually pretty simple for this movie. You have a man plagued by a dream demon and That causes his dreams to bleed into reality. Mm. This has happened to other people before, and he's just the next victim of it. He's the
1: next link in the chain. And that's what they kept saying, and I understood that part.
0: Yes. There's also the element that when he tells other people about what's happening to him, they also become kind of infected by it. Not to the same degree, Mm. but the entity is then able to influence their dreams. Mm. So it's essentially, it's feeding on these people that are becoming infected by it and erasing evidence of its existence so that it can keep this perpetual cycle going.
1: Yeah, so it can never be found, truly.
0: Yes. And it's... So Ben then has to attempt to lure it back to where he believes it came from and trap it Mm. so that it can't keep doing this to people. And the surreal style that everything is done is just makes it hard to follow. But it's a, that's basically the very simple layout of it. And I think that was a very smart decision by the director to like, keep it. It's a very, very simple story.
1: But the way he told it confuses a normal audience.
0: Exactly. He he just went about it in a very intricate way.
1: He chose to use his actual film school knowledge and the way that they try to analyze film because every film can be analyzed and interpreted in in a new way yeah like to the point where oh god give me uh one that i've seen that dawn of the dead you can interpretate that movie a billion ways you can really
0: there's a lot of meaning in it yeah it is
1: it's a lot of meaning for a simple zombies, end of the world, trying to survive. There's a lot of ways you can interpret that movie. Now, there's two different versions. There's the original, and then there's the remake. Both of them have two different meanings, but it's the same story. You watch the struggles of the people in two different ways, which I believe movies are supposed to be interpreted in different ways. That's why a remake is never truly as good as the original because the original is original. The remake is a reimagining of somebody else's interpretation of the original source material. Yeah. And this I believe and you ask at the end and I'll give my input but I mean I believe you and I would have two very different ways of telling this story but still keeping it true to this but I think yours would be almost on the same level as director and mine would be a couple of steps down. So a normal audience could probably enjoy
0: it a little more. So I think I'm going to attempt to break this one down. <laughs> it, it's not the breakdown I have. is It's nowhere. It's not entirely coherent and it's also incomplete by.
1: We'll try to fill in the blanks as much as possible because the story is very direct for the plot is so direct. It is boom, 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 done. But the story it tells is in multiple layers. That's confusing. There's a lot of scenes. A lot. They like, must have been filming this
0: for weeks. Like, the opening alone is... is Like, it opens us in dream. It, like yeah. Like, we're in the middle of dream, which is shifting between various parts of, like, layers of dream.
1: And it's strange because, yes, you know you're opening on a dream. And then he wakes up. And you're in another dream and then he wakes up again and then he's in another dream but it's in reality but then it goes in dream and that's how it happens and, the whole and way And that's through. the
0: thing like Ben the fact that his dreams are bleeding into reality makes it really tough because he's essentially dreaming the entire movie. Yeah. Like from start to finish he never breaks dream cycle.
1: No. He which doesn't. is
0: so weird. I've it, I've never really seen that done in a movie before.
1: And I think maybe that's why, because it's so hard to interpret completely. Some other movies have touched upon doing something like this, but they don't keep it going throughout the entire hundred of uh, an hour and 20 minute film. But
0: I have to say that that's what makes it so interesting.
1: See, that's where I think it hurts it. And that's OK. I think this I- is the first film where we truly have two different opinions. And I don't think either opinion is wrong.
0: No. Ben Dobbs is your average, everyday student. Regular guy, he's trying to make his way through college, but as far as he knows, he's never had dreams in his life, yeah. I guess. And he's suddenly started to be, like, plagued by nightmares of this thing that's trying to get him.
1: Desperately trying to reach out to him.
0: Um, so when he sleeps, he's tortured reoccurringly by uh people that i guess are have passed that uh, i don't he says he doesn't he, he never had a brother but in one of his dreams he has a little brother
1: yeah um i kind of interpreted it that as him
0: maybe i don't know
1: did you notice there was a lot of inspiration from it
0: oh there's a lot
1: huge amount and and it's not bad because it is a fever dream in itself yeah and i like the fact that it makes you question, well, did this guy watch, you know, a movie that may have traumatized him, and now, like, it's bleeding into his dreams. I don't
0: even think it was a the miniseries that had been out at that point. Oh, uh, he, could,
1: he could have read the book. I think
0: he probably read the book, yeah. if anything. Uh, but, yeah, there's, like, so he's seeing this this little kid, this uh, naked temptress lady
1: That poor woman, by the way, the amount of goose pimples on her body in every (laughs) scene, I felt so bad. (laughs) Uh, Oh my god.
0: You keep seeing this like big red slimy demon. Uh, Uh, a
1: red balloon.
0: A hook handed janitor.
1: Yeah, that was weird. Hi, that one like was that supposed to be the monster's interpretation of humanity?
0: I don't know because I, to
1: me it was like okay well it, like he
0: I actually think that maybe that because the janitor didn't really start coming in until after
1: he handed the second paper
0: to Eric well until Eric became involved yeah so I'm wondering if maybe that was bleed over from like Eric's dreams was
1: there any bleed over from Julie?
0: I don't know.
1: I I mean, the only thing I could think of is she was doing the dream experiments with Dr. Oh, God. Hang on. Hang on. Knox. Dr. Knox. Knox. Yeah. And maybe she had watched the dream tape so many times that it started bleeding in. And that's why we were seeing kind of like almost a surveillance type video of her and Eric. I feel like maybe her dreams were centered around she works too much.
0: Yeah. She's doing studies too much. Um,
1: Um, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I could interpret from her.
0: But the most prominent thing that the most important thing that came out of his, uh, his dreams was the pair of cement and steel doors in the floor. Yeah. Which becomes very important for the end of the film. Uh, somehow these doors and what lie underneath them are, he feels are the center of everything. Mm. Uh, So Ben starts to feel that the dreams are becoming real and that something horrible is like awaiting him. Mm. He's afraid that he's losing his mind. So he turns to his psychology professor, Dr. Knox and his TAs, Eric and Julia or Julie. Sorry. These uh, psychologists are initially skeptical of Ben's concerns Mm. Um, But Dr. Knox starts to get interested when he realizes that Ben's experiences are identical to another patient.
1: J.D. White, I believe it was.
0: I think that was his name. So together they start researching the case uh, that was written in a journal. And during this, the creature actually comes from ben but it ends up murdering the doctor mm-hmm. uh the hook-handed janitor appears and ends up cleaning up the mess which so that's the thing I, that's the first time we see the janitor which i guess could just be a physical manifestation of the creature cleaning yeah, up its evidence
1: because i was thinking that it could be because he said because it said that Ben is the next link in a long chain. He could be taking the form of previous links. So maybe the hook and a janitor was someone else he took
0: over. You no, know, he kind of, the janitor in a weird way kind of looked like that other kid he kept seeing, which I assume was white.
1: Yeah, yep.
0: So like maybe like a older, like more like decrepit version of of that kid yeah maybe that was the idea
1: maybe like he once that dream demon takes the next victim he now has those victims in his arsenal like Julie uh, became a big one and even because the monster was slowly taking Ben he could make himself look like Ben too as well yeah. But not a perfect one. If you notice, Ben wasn't perfect. He was great. He was kind of funky looking, just yep. like Julie. So it, it could be like maybe he was a hook-handed janitor because he couldn't take all of the personality. Maybe. I don't know. And this is where it comes from, where we're even sitting here analyzing this, being like, we don't have all the questions, so here's what we believe.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's tough because there's other... Parts of the movie, like there was that dream where Ben goes into the the sewer, the, the sewer thing, and then meets himself,
1: but older and looks like he's been running for years. Yeah, and he finds a wallet. Who I assumed, oh, maybe that's Doctor Knox's wallet, but it's his own license in there. And I'm it's like, his wallet. I'm like, what? And the guys like put it back. Take that paper and run. Get out of here. Don't stay here. Like. What is happening? Could this be like another version of Ben that kept running? And it's like, like a future version. Yeah, like like that, was... that one that one was weird. That whole sequence, I was like, this sequence could we could have done without I this part. I
0: think maybe the idea is like now that we're talking about it is that like maybe he was meeting what he could what his life could become if if he he doesn't stop it yeah
1: you if you don't stop this you're going to be running for the rest of your life kind of thing
0: which that's kind of interesting Mm. uh so ben's dreams start to get more and more disturbing and then they begin to spread to the other people around him
1: because he writes down his dreams dreams are a very powerful thing and if you write down a dream which now I'm worried about it. I'm going to take off my Google Drive. I don't want people to read them. (laughs) But um, when you write down a dream, you only write down what you remember and then your brain fills in the blanks. So, I mean, basically, oh, you have a dream where you're in a car accident and you don't remember all the pieces, but as you write down the story, it gets more and more vivid. And maybe this monster was at one point this is my example, like, the first link in the chain, this monster was another person, or, or, or like, an animal, and it just mutated over time into this gnarly fucking three-clawed thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Julie starts having Ben's dream of the blood-filled red balloon, and then she sees it in, like, the stairwell outside of her office while she's still awake. Yeah. So the Eric character... Uh, the professor is now missing mm. and when ben starts to kind of describe to him this place in his dream that he keeps seeing like the, the trap doors eric immediately recognizes that and he takes him to this part of the building that has that actually has these trap these same trap doors mm. and uh he kind of initially dismisses it as Ben, oh, maybe you've been here before or somewhere like this. Yeah. And you're just, like, misremembering. Ben... Oh, sorry. Eric then goes to Julie's house. He finds that Julie's very disturbed. This is jumping a lot of time. Yeah. But this is the best I've got. So, uh, he finds that, uh... Her mother's. She's trying to kind of lure him into a trap.
1: Like, oh, come inside. You have something to drink. Julie's inside. Meanwhile, the night before, you know, they saw Julie's decapitated head outside by a tree.
0: Yes. It, there's a lot that fucking happens here. There's so much going on because we're now we're cutting between these three characters that are all being affected by this thing. Yeah. They're all starting to see these nightmares like there's the thing with the the fucking teeth that Eric finds and he puts him in a jar.
1: And then the jar fills with blood and he's like um, trying to.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: read like a journal or he's trying to read as he's reading Um, Ben's newest dream. Yeah, his he's notes being on being plagued by the dream which is the janitor and the dripping water and running and I'm like, what is happening? There's so
0: much. Uh, so meanwhile, Ben's situation is deteriorating more and more. Uh, the dream creature the There's dream- a lot, guys. There's a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Essentially, the two of them come to the realization that the dream demon wants these scraps from the article that the professor had found. Hmm. Because that's like the last physical evidence that this thing exists.
1: And it can't have any physical evidence or it exists because it needs to poison a single mind in order to, uh, like... (laughs) Whoa, if absorb it?
0: If there's evidence that it exists, eventually people can figure out how to stop it. Yeah. So, like, its idea is no one can ever know I exist. It- it's kind of like when you think of, like, a cosmic entity, like a Lovecraftian, like, Cthulhu or something. Mm. You can't ever have the proof that it's real because the the fear of it is what it feeds on.
1: What? It- that okay. unknown. So... Sidetrack. Oh, boy. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, people were terrified of the mystic and the unknown because it was unknown. Now we have video, photo. We have imagination, not just retaining it here and putting it on paper, but now we can make visuals. What if all of this did really exist? But the concept of this movie is like 100 true, and Lovecraft can never exist anymore because he is a predominant figure in the art. And he's like, well, now everybody knows me, so I can't exist. About Cthulhu, Cthulhu, oh, okay. he, he, like um, even other like <laughs> Jaws, Freddy, stuff like that. What if these are real, old, real entities? <laughs> Like, old demons, old nightmares that now that they're true, now that they're out in the open, they can never exist because there's proof that they existed.
0: You're bleeding into Wes Craven concepts now.
1: And I love it. (laughs) And I love it. Because
0: that's basically what uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare is about. Yeah.
1: Like, what if, like, people still try to believe in the magic of all of this and the mysticism, but because we've made so much media this stuff can't exist anymore and it can't terrify people because it's like oh it's you know it's it's just this character it's nothing now and I think that that kind of flipped in my mind to where maybe that's why this film is so smart and people don't understand that if that entity tries and say well i have to erase all proof of me i can still terrify people but stuff doesn't terrify us as much anymore especially horror fans because y'all are like oh well it's just a fucking movie it's just a book it's just a song it's just a story yeah it can't hurt me but if it tries to wipe every evidence of itself it can still terrorize you so maybe this... Maybe I don't hate this as much as I thought. Maybe I just needed to be a little...
0: You to sit with it.
1: I needed to sit and be smart. Every time we watch a movie, every time... It doesn't matter if it's a blockbuster or a little thing like this. You and I definitely sit on it for a few weeks. And then we're like, okay, I, I hate it. So now I have a question for you. We saw Scream two weeks ago. How do you feel about it now?
0: I mean, we're not going to get it. That, that's going to no, be a but, whole other discussion. We're not doing that. No,
1: but that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. We did the same thing when we saw... Oh my god, we hate it so much now. I forget the name of it. Uh, is it Captain Marvel? Yeah. In the in the moment, we thought it was amazing. In the moment, that movie was great. It's been years now. I fucking hate that movie. It's the stupidest movie of all the Marvel ones. Right. Fight me on it. Go ahead, fight me on it. <laughs> It is dumb. It's bad. It's very bad. But that's the proof of these these kind of things where you've got to sit on it for a little bit. And after I watched this, I was like, I'm going to fucking hate talking about this. But now it's like, oh, okay. Now that, you know, you got two people one-on-one, it's like, all right, maybe it's not as bad as I thought.
0: I apologize, movie. (laughs) (laughs) So this is where we actually get into that scene that we were talking about. So Ben... Adventures that through his dreams, uh, they take him through a culvert and into a maze of sewer tunnels, where he meets his doppelganger, as well as the sultry dream temptress. Ben two. <laughs> yeah, Ben two, Ben two, uh, all the way up to Ben ten. So he he escapes the <laughs> uh, he escapes the tunnels and he finds himself running through an old ruin in an abandoned quarry, besieged by zombies, which. That's where those people that were wandering around in front I think, of that house... Yeah, I think
1: they're Link. I think they're the other Links. That's what I believe.
0: That's what I thought. My first thought when I saw those, I was like, oh, is that all the other people? Because
1: there was a lady walking in the background in a yellow dress that I was like, is that Julie?
0: Is uh, that supposed
1: to be Julie back there? It was like a split second and I could be 100% wrong and perceived this wrong, but I was like, is that Julie?
0: Maybe. Because
1: Julie's already been dead like
0: for a little bit at this point. Um so he uh, sorry, hang. So Ben ho- is holding on to that scrap of paper uh for dear life. Oh my god, yes. Um he escapes and immediately tries to seek out Eric, um, who's been dealing with his own fucking like, nightmare. I ain't problems. having
1: it, fuck off. He literally locks him out of the house, leaves him outside, knows the monster's there. It's like, Eric, you dick. His fucking face is in this guy, this is amazing. The He's way like,
0: this what? is described is not very great, but uh so it... <laughs> At Julie's house, her headless re- her headless corpse is discovered, but she's also there, fully intact, like trying and like, to open lur- the door.
1: Let me kiss you again. Yeah. Don't you want to come in? But still, at the same time, she's like holding the door shut. If you noticed, yeah. like even if he opened it, I think she would have been like, "No, come with me and
0: shut the door." I was like, "It's like she's fighting. She's it.
1: trying so hard." And I'm like, okay, we could, I could be entirely wrong.
0: I think you're probably right because later on, like towards the end of the film, Ben, then like Ben and Eric are talking and Eric asks what he thinks happened to Julie and Professor Dox, And Ben says that he thinks he's like, maybe the entity when it went back to where it came from, maybe it took them. Yeah. So, they could still exist, but here they're dead, there they're not. Yeah. So they're, maybe they're kind of just, like, they're their eter- souls are they're trapped. They're eternally
1: trapped, where the other ones have probably been trapped so long they're just shambling about. But they're st- still so fresh that they're still trying to fight. Because well, you can see used. the professor trying to, like, take the book, take yeah. the book. It's trying to take it. And then Julie said something to him, uh, to Eric, like, don't give up. Don't, don't do that. Don't kill yourself. Don't give up. If you kill yourself, he wins. And it was like, oh, yeah. okay. She still has kind of some remnants of herself left.
0: So Ben ends up rescuing Eric from these absolute horrors. And they go back to Eric's apartment. Um, the demon is basically closing in on them. The They end up breaking into Haskett Hall. Uh, the college? Yeah. Um, where the trap doors are. And the plan is that they're going to try and lure the creature down into the trap doors. Shut it. And, and
1: seal it with the paper. Yeah,
0: Eric is supposed to shut it, leave it locking Ben inside with it, and Ben's going to try and get away, but just keep the paper away from him you all You knew costs. at that
1: point that Ben was sacrificing himself. Yes. But he, Ben had a slight hope that if Eric was still there, he could make it out. Yeah. That the monster would just, like, go back into the dream, and he could get out.
0: There's also a lot of, um, speculation towards this, the end of the film here, because like, when Ben comes back and saves Eric... He's now wearing the same clothes as the alternate Ben that we saw. And it it feels very weird because you're like, is he dead? Is he, like, did it already get him? Yeah, because
1: there's a scene where he tries to rig the trapdoors with a rope and the rope breaks. Yeah. And the monster shows up with a mirror that he says, there's a mirror in here that'll show you what you don't want to see. And it only reflected Ben. It only reflected himself, which... You interpret that you think you are the worst of what is inside of you. Like, you're the worst. Yeah. And he hits him with the mirror, and you can see there's a scar on Ben, but he's wearing the same clothes as Ben 2 in the pipes now. And then the monster is wearing the same clothes that Ben was wearing when he was attacked. So now you're like, all right, who's who?
0: By this point, you probably think we're speaking absolute gibberish. We are not. This is literally what is happening. If we need to
1: recommend any movie for you to watch, like, other movies, yeah, we give you a pretty good play-by-play. Fucking watch this movie because it's, it's like...
0: It's very... What? It's, it's very interesting. This is
1: one of those movies where I'll have to watch again in, like, later time. to Once I've sat with it and be like, oh, okay. This is a multiple-watching film. Multiple, multiple-watching. Not because you've missed stuff, but because... You might have to rewatch it to kind of gain more of a perspective on what they really were trying to do.
0: Yeah. So what ends up happening here is that while setting up, Eric is attacked by the Dream Demon and killed. Uh, ben then
1: realizes he
0: realizes what's what's happened. He takes the the rope that is supposed to let go of the door, and he jumps into the hole with it. Holding the door open, grabbing the,
1: the paper, holding on to the yep. paper and the rope with dear life.
0: The demon follows him into the hole and he Let, drops let's the door closed and then is then trapped with the monster.
1: And with the proof that the monster exists. Yes. So now you're thinking, did he do it? Or is the cycle gonna start all over again? Exactly.
0: And I'm assuming
1: the cycle starts all over again, because
0: the proof is gone. The movie ends on like this this thing with Uh, it's Ben's voiceover reiterating the, it's like a poem. Do you have it up? I don't have the poem. I think
1: I might, hang on. Oh, it doesn't have the whole thing. Just says, beyond Dream's door is where horrors lie.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. But the, so you get that voiceover, but then it's like, kind of, it goes back to this shot of a phone that eric knocked over at one point that when he put it back on the desk it was still off the hook
1: mm. and then it, it cuts to it going bam 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 mind you this movie if you're gonna watch it on shutter is extremely fucking quiet yeah. till that last moment where i
0: thought my ears were gonna bleed so i'm trying to uh, trying to figure out what that could possibly mean
1: i okay this is my interpretation but i've also grown up in the era of um internet yeah. Where while that was off the hook, the knowledge of the monster and what was happening could have gone through the phone line. So it's possible there's a remnant of the story floating out somewhere in technology now. I think, and, and my interpretation is now the monster is not just a story by mouth or by paper that it's possible that it could it's carried into the digital world to where horrors ugh, it, it's it's tough because all I could think of was literally like America online to where once you connect to it it doesn't go away. Yeah,
0: but there's nothing else in the movie that there speaks to that.
1: But I also think that's why This director might have been a little bit smarter than I believe, because what if he was like, knowing that the phone's off the hook, knowing that anything could be listening, now the monster has a way to get through that way. And that was my interpretation of that being off the hook, like, oh, okay, so the connection with the monster's not severed. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. I could be talking out my actual asshole at this point, but I mean... (laughs) That's what I think.
0: Uh, I think I'd have to think more about it to yeah. really like figure out what that would mean.
1: Or it could just mean that, you know, he knocked the phone off the hook and this is the last remnants, remnants of them being alive because the monster makes everything disappear.
0: Yeah, I guess. Because
1: e- even the monster, when he took the keys he took all proof that they were there he wiped all proof that they were there the phone being off the hook is the only proof that they were there
0: yeah that's true but that's basically in a nutshell beyond dream's door yep shall we move into
1: absolutely i don't think there's anything
0: else we can talk about (laughs) in
1: depth for this
0: one did you have any favorites
1: let me get my handy dandy samsung notes my favorite line i don't know who says it i heard it i'm not cooled to room temperature yet I think it was the professor that said that.
0: Yeah, so the, there's this scene where we first meet Professor Knox, where he comes in to talk to Eric, and but he comes in under the guise that he's a student, which he's very... Desperate
1: he's, for his grades, He's panicking. very much
0: an older man, but he's a, he, he comes in, he's panicking, and... Eric's like, you, you, you're a student?
1: Mind you, Eric's the new TA. Eric's yes. the brand new TA and his girlfriend is the other TA.
0: And he, uh, he, he's like, yeah, yeah, uh, well, I started late. Like, and he says that line.
1: I'm not, I'm not cool to room temperature yet. Like, what? Like that was the oddest line. line. <laughs> but it stuck out in my head. Also, the little kid going, I'll find you. That creepy little brother thing that just stared at them that goes, I'll find you. Because
0: that was the entity That was the for entity
1: him. trying to find him, yeah. But we didn't know that at first. We're just like, oh, why is this kid being that fucking creep? Never mind.
0: Yeah. The The temp- room temperature line was definitely like the most standout one.
1: Yeah, because you and I both looked at each so, other and went, what the fuck was It was so that? weird.
0: Look, at oh, yeah, the full line is like, yeah. Well, I, look, I didn't have the money before. I'm not cool to room temperature yet. Like, what the fuck does that...
1: If anything, <laughs> that's what I need the director to... Because he wrote it, too. Please explain this one line. I don't care about anything. What does that mean? What does mean? this mean? What about you?
0: I I think my my favorite moments in the movie were the, the kills. Like, the professor... Oh, yeah, you were like, ooh, sick. The professor's <laughs> death.
1: Oh, that was... That makeup was pretty good. It's
0: like, he, he crawls into the shot, and he's all like... Ripped Slashed apart and
1: ripped, oh.
0: and then the creature's hand just like wraps around him and crushes oh, him
1: like a fucking grape. Just <laughs> I'm like, like oh. oh,
0: for a student film, that looked fucking awesome. That looked
1: really, go- honestly, it reminded me of um, Hellraiser when his face is all stretched out and he licks his lips. Like, that's what that scene that 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 visceral
0: the grotesque oh, nature that of was it.
1: great.
0: That, that that was probably my favorite. Do you feel you would have done this any differently?
1: Oh, God, yes, 100%. Um, I would have probably, because I'm a simpler mind and not a educated film student, I would have made this a lot more linear, a little more cohesive, and probably done something to make you realize that it was a dream and none. So, like, I would make, like, a filter that would like make it a little cloudy or make it evident to the audience I see where it was going to keep it one straight path at the same time like, this is supposed to be a student film. You're supposed to be using this to, you know, learn and interpret. But for a simpler mind like mine, I would have made it evident that they were the dream sequences. I would have had a little more context clues or evidence on what is happening. Maybe a little more lore about the creature or the dream or exactly what's happening, you know? Kind of a little bit like Hellraiser, where you kind of get clues along the way about what the Cenobites were and why they were doing this and what they were doing that, this for, you know? What's the purpose of this demon, this nightmare dream? Like, what is he trying to do? Not, oh, we drop you in this world. Good luck, you know? What about you?
0: I, yeah, I definitely think I would have, just because of how the type of storyteller that I try to be is like, I, I probably would have made it a little more, just a little more. Just a um, Coherent.
1: Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just a little coherent.
0: No, this, this was just a little bit too surreal and a little bit too messy yeah. for me. I did not hate it. I actually very much liked this movie. But I think it just needed a little more coherency. A little, It needed to be a little less fucking obscure.
1: I knew from the op- the two opening dream sequences just the way they were I'm like oh fuck he's gonna love this. <laughs> I knew it. I, I knew it from the bat. I was like god damn it he's gonna love really this. I really like it.
0: <laughs> I thought it was a really cool like I, I thought this movie was very it's it was- incredibly visual and cre- like incredibly visually creative. Yeah. And it's like it's a it's an inventive experience to explore. Like, but
1: it was too smart
0: yes too smart (laughs) but um it's made with like that same creative mindset of like evil dead was when sam Raimi first started and it's i don't know like it's while it's a little too much at times it's still
1: this is the type of film that you enjoy you enjoy this it was a cold open a cold close yeah no details are given you piece it together you enjoy films like this me spoon feed me some information for the love of god (laughs) (laughs) i need something
0: (laughs) so is it mainstream exploitation or other
1: Uh, okay so i have been thinking about this one pretty much throughout the whole like two hours I'm going to say that this is other. This is not exploitation in my opinion. This is other because I believe that this director was trying to make something very smart, very visual, very interpretative for somebody else. It's not exploitation because he's not he, he's he's not going deep enough into a a an exploitation genre in my opinion. So I'm going with other, even though I know you're gonna tell me that I'm wrong. I know it. This is how I'm I'm interpreting. So what about you?
0: My interpretation would disagree.
1: Like disagree with me? Yes. Okay, I knew you were gonna disagree with me. I knew it.
0: I believe that this does fall under exploitation unintentionally. Okay. I think it is He
1: accidentally put I it think, in exploitation. So-
0: <laughs> I because there are as we've been slowly starting to discuss, like there are many types of exploitation.
1: Hundreds. Hundreds. And I
0: believe he inadvertently made an art exploitation film.
1: There are art exploitation films?
0: Art exploitation films present intriguing, unsettling, unpredictable, and provocative films to audiences long numbered by filmic predictability. So I think he went so artistic that he unintentionally made an art exploitation film. I would dare to say that this even slightly creates a its own unique ex- type of exploitation, which would be dream exploitation, which is not actually a thing, but
1: you've heard it here first. We have made a new <laughs> exploitation. It's dream exploitation. But then you can put so many films in that category though. <laughs> There's hundreds of films right now you can name fucking a haunting Fucking uh, Hellraiser! All of these films, Nightmare on Elm Street. Street, the Married entire Elf, fucking the entire franchise. franchise. <laughs> but, That's like a billion movies right there.
0: It's like seven, eight, <laughs> but, a billion. But yeah that's that's how i feel about it personally
1: accidental exploitation that's that's a bit selfish genre right there
0: (laughs) accidental exploitation
1: oops i tripped and fell on his dick that kind of like accidental exploitation (laughs) type of shit
0: do you have anything else you would like to discuss about beyond dreams door
1: um i i i would like to revisit this one maybe in a year I would like to see if we can find some more examples of this. Maybe watch those. And, and like, see if this movie makes more sense to us in, like, a year. But this one's got to go put away, let us think. Like, this was a lot from what we saw last week when we previewed the actual movie. I was expecting something so fucking different. And now I don't know what to think. Because this was, like... You're telling me this was just a student project fucking film that became something bigger? Like, oh, okay. All right. Well, okay. No, that's, yeah. Let's revisit this one in a year. See how we feel.
0: All right. That's going to bring our discussion on Beyond Dreams door to an end, but don't go anywhere just yet. Please stay tuned for the coming attractions. of 74.
1: These gals have a plan. Oh boy, what a plan. They'd rather teach than learn. And who do you think they teach?
0: We outsmart men and we use them. Well, it's about time that these males learn the facts of life, Gabriella, because it's going to be a new day. Oh, it's going to be a new day. I believe in me, my body, my brain. Black is beautiful. You're beautiful.
1: Maggie, what do you want?
0: I'm looking for a thrill a minute. Have you got one? Listen, Gabriella. there's just one thing for you to remember. Have a ball, because life's just one great big celebration, as long as you're the one that's giving the part.
1: The class of 74. You know what? These girls can pass the love test with straight A's.
0: Men dig good-looking bodies. And if you have one, I say use it. I'm making love happen.
1: The class of 74.
0: Listen, fellas, when these babes turn you on... Welcome. Welcome to Sin City. You're hooked. I want to make love to every woman I meet.
1: decided the next film will be a real stupid film. I hope you're okay with that.
0: I mean, we've done a lot of movies that are very thought-provoking and some that are just crazy. So, why not stupid?
1: Well, the next three films that I've picked are nothing but trash, nudity, and fucking ridiculousness. Good luck, you're welcome.
0: Sounds like a fucking blast. Oh
1: my god, I'm, (laughs) I'm gonna enjoy just Literally, I think the only thing I know about this is it's four friends in college in 1974 getting on, getting their kicks. Four four women. Sounds good. Oh my god, bring on the titties and the nonsense, please. I can't think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know nothing about Class of 74. I have ne- I know that there's a lot of movies called Class of something.
1: There's even, like, an Australian sitcom that was called Class of 74, which yeah. you Google mm. this movie and you get that that sitcom. I couldn't find a lot on that. There's no... There's nothing. The play-by-play is going to be uh, Bitches Get Drunk and Fuck. That's pretty much what the play-by-play is going to be. But I... And we are going to do Porky's. I watch that's Porky's down way. The road. Yeah, that's a little down the road. But I watch Porky's way too young on Comedy Central. I love Porky's. I think it's stupid, and I wanted to find some a lesser known kind of thing. And then I realized why not do both. So this is the first one, and then later down the line we're going to do that one. But I just wanted. We're doing a lot of interesting movies this year and this one was recommended through the grindhouse website that we used and i picked this the same way i picked what the fuck was last week's movie (laughs) i
0: already forgot centerfold girls
1: i picked it the same way i picked that one it was just by the poster and just by the tagline and it was like it says something like uh these ladies um enjoy Uh, enjoy having a ball after ball after ball after ball and I (laughs) laughed at that tagline
0: to them life is a ball Ball after after ball after ball
1: after ball ball. ball. and I was like oh there's dicks in
0: this
1: (laughs) I hope I hope there's Pinor in this that's what I'm hoping let's go from thought provoking to absolute um porno trash
0: absolute sleaze
1: like us Thought-provoking and sleazy. (laughs) Or just me.
0: (laughs) Alright, that's going to bring this video to an end. Nope.
1: (laughs) How you doing? We used the brains too much today.
0: Alright, that's going to bring this episode to an end. If you want to keep up on everything that we're doing, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast. You can find us on Discord, where you can chat with Leah about this film or any of the films that we previously covered. Maybe not this film definitely this film no, talk about this film no. <laughs> you could also suggest us some movies on things that you might like to eventually have us watch yeah, and please. talk about all the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes listen to this first uh, listen to us first thing every monday morning and give us a rating on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher or wherever you get your morning picks If you like what we're doing and you want to show this show some support, you can subscribe to us over on Patreon or directly through Acast, where you can get yourself access to ad-free listening or unlock some fun exclusive bonus content that we will eventually make more of.
1: (laughs) I get the feeling he's trying to speak to me (laughs) that we should do some more content.
0: Yes, we need to make more of this exclusive content because we have been lacking in it. Yeah. But this stuff is just for supporters, so... If you want access to that stuff when it finally comes out, get over there. Yes. Sign up. Oh,
1: seriously, the first two we have up are really, really good ones. I promise you.
0: Until next week, I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Leah.
0: Thanks for listening. And keep watching.
1: Or listening. Or watching.
0: Or do both. Do both, or the dream monster's
1: gonna get you. Mm-hmm.